Welcome to the Finding Moments Podcast. Welcome to the Finding Moments Podcast, episode 17. Hello. Hey. 2022. It just keeps leveling up to extra special, doesn't it? Uh, If that's what we're, if that's the operating... (laughs) term at this point in the world yes if that's that's the correct term to use for it sure yeah let's see for parents we have to deal with still coming out of a pandemic that's still there we just don't talk about that and we're back to normal we have whatever political thing is going on at any moment in time it seems to never end uh so the news just has to go off at this point gas prices yeah that that's happened I don't know. What else? It's insane. I, I don't know. I filled up my soccer mom video. Soccer mom. Not, neither of our kids play soccer, but our, <laughs> I filled up the minivan. It was $75 yesterday. Try, try it with a Jeep. Oh, yeah, I filled ours up and it was $87. Oh, oh no. Oh, by the way, eggs, $5 for yeah. a dozen? Like, really? Yeah. Like, okay, so that happened. Even the chickens are stressed out, right? <laughs> Everybody's stressed. <laughs> I guess so. This is like solid gold eggs. What? I, I think that, I mean, it's just a lot of factors. And like, we don't, you're right. Like everybody's, I guess we're all just like, I can't handle the word pandemic or COVID anymore, but we mm-hmm. still feel all the stress. Like I know with our staff, like clients are out or staff are out due to it. It's still like. It's still causing a stress, whether we talk about it or not. You volunteered to do this thing, but you can't now because you have COVID again. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. You know, it's a really good excuse to not do something you don't want to do, though. I think that there <laughs> is an true. element to that. All, all kidding aside, like I, we, we talk about parenting. We talk about finding moments and positivity and all that. We want that. But then there's this term self-care. And I just like over the last week I've been reflecting, it's like, when, how it's like with so much pressure coming in from the outside, it's okay to just not be okay. It's a WTF. Like at the moment, like everything's coming in, you just deal with it one issue at a time and try to keep your kids as level as you can. And at the end of the day, hope that they can fix whatever this is. You know, it's funny because I feel like the term self-care now makes me feel stressed out. Right? Oh, I 100% agree with you. It's like, oh, sure. That sounds delightful. When? Yeah. How, how, do, I, how do I do that now? Yeah. And I know like, you know, cause I'm working, I'm working with families that have, that already have stressors. And then on top of like, just what everybody else is experiencing. And then my staff are stressed out and trying to have enough energy and enough with what they need to help support families. And then at the same time, I know what I'm supposed to be doing for my self-care and I know what my staff should be doing, but none of us can get there because we feel like we have so many hurdles in the way. And I know some of those hurdles are choices, but you feel like you're pushed into some of these things. Like with work, if you're short staffed, everybody picks up the load. What are you going to do? Right. Exactly. And then now everybody's carrying more stress on top of everything else. I think you think about like the stress that, um, everybody has right now over politics, over the economy, over what's happening with Russia. And then like this week with England, you know, there's just so much going on in the world right now that is stressful. Yeah. 
How about how about Japan? Like I had to explain oh. to my 13-year-old what an assassination is. I'm like, Yeah, no kidding. Like, we were past this. Like, and so many of the political hot button issues are sending us backwards. And it's like, where's the for where's the forward motion? Where's the forward thinking? And it doesn't matter what political side of the aisle anybody's on. I still firmly believe that 90% of this country is like in the center and wants to parent to make it better for your kids going forward. And it's just, it's really hard because at some point you just have to turn it off and stop explaining, but then are you putting your head in the sand? Oh, are you preparing them? Like there's such a fine line. And our eight year old is the kind of kid who doesn't really want to hear about it. And he, he very much wants to put his head in the sand, which I can 100% understand. But some of it's unavoidable, and unfortunately, some of it directly impacts things that we do and choices we have to make. Chad and I find ourselves so tired. We sit on the couch after the kids go to bed, and we're just done. We're asleep in 20 minutes. And I don't know how to get over that hump to get out of that cycle. It's just... Well, to be fair, we had an extra level of oomph, and we just got past six months from the fire. And we That's just- true. We just got our debris cleaned up. We just signed our building contract. You want to talk in a micro political way, just trying to get a county, two townships, FEMA, all on the same page to allow you to just clean up the garbage that is sitting post fire. Like you get a microcosm of how much effort that takes. And it's a miracle anything ever gets done. I mean, you and I, how many town board meetings oh. and special meetings and neighborhood meetings did we have to do just to pull that off? We really done, really all done with that and would just love to ignore it all. And we can't. Well, then there's the whole supply chain too. Oh. I forgot about that stressor. Like anytime you want something, it's months out there. <laughs> right, right. Which is why one of the reasons we went with the builder we did because they tend they operate in a different manner and they source everything in advance. So they won't even show us an option if they can't legit get hold of it. It's everything though. And, you know, hoping to be home in approximately 12 to 15 months, but that could get side, you know, that could get hijacked really, really easily. The point being is everybody's got something going on. We've got a dozen plus friends that all have something going on in their life. Uh, Whether, you know, we have one friend that's in the middle of a a wicked divorce. We've got another one that's dealing with aging parents and we can go down the list. Everybody's got something, which I think that's always been the case, but now everybody's got something. And then, like you said, Linnell, you add Russia, Ukraine. I've got kids walking in the door. (laughs) Uh, with so much going on in the world today, like it's how do parents stay centered enough to be able to explain it to their kids? And I think the biggest takeaway that Trish and I have had, even since post fire and getting to know our neighbors a lot better is I think self-care is a good goal. Maybe pick one thing that brings you a little peace, but I think that the challenges from the outside coming in, we need to allow ourselves permission to just let it go when they talk about like signs of depression or being overwhelmed or being stressed, it's always, do you have that question? Do you do the things you used to enjoy? Nobody feels like they have the time. Like you said, you fall asleep before you can actually do anything to enjoy it. (laughs) Yes. Um, 
but that's where everyone is. So yeah, I think that people, we, everybody like life's life, like you're going to have like hurdles that you go through all the time, but now no one has any bandwidth to handle it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, the support that used to be there really has changed because none of the people around you have any bandwidth left either. Everybody's just barely managing, you know, to get through the day, to take care of their kids, to deal with work. And I think it is really hard to change that cycle. And it's very hard sometimes, you know, like the idea of the oxygen mass in the plane, like I have to let something go because I need to give myself something. I need to put myself first so I can get out of the cycle. And I right. think, and the idea of like coming together, part of this is like, everybody has been so spaced out, you know, literally spaced out, um, not (laughs) able to be together. And then, so you kind of lost this weird, you know, what were familiar connections to us. Mm -hmm. And then you have people that don't have enough energy to get back in and rebuild all of those connections or reconnect. And now we all kind of feel like we're isolated. Then you put the politics on top of it. And we have somehow lost that idea of like, Hey, we're in this together. I guess the one thing about parents is like Chad was saying, like when you're a parent, your goal is to every parent's goal is how do I take care of my kid and how do I get them what they need to be the best, you know, person they can be. So at least parents have a common thing that I don't think, I think that's going to be unbreakable for parents. You know, we're all going to have that kind of sense. I think that the rest of the country, it just seems very fragmented for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of wedges between connections and support and accessing support. Felt for a long time that, oh, it takes a village and you got to have your community and all of that stuff. Well, it sounds delightful in theory, but in practice, you're right. Nobody else has any bandwidth to help you. No, who wants to be in a, around a, in a community of everyone who's stressed out, just like you are. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So uh, yeah, there's a post that we've been doing and it's just, it's stuck with me. So I keep trying to remind myself as much as sharing it, try not to pull yourself or let yourself be pulled in somebody else's storm, help pull people into your peace. But then how do you find the peace? And that that's the ultimate life hack. And what we're really trying to figure out as we're more engaged in our community and a rebuild post-fire and a really strong community. We, we love our neighbors and we've just been very active and we found some magic there. Everybody's in a different place and everybody's mm-hmm. in a different version of a storm. What Trish and I have had to kind of do is say, everybody's choices are your own. Do that. No pressure, no judgment here are options. Here's what we're doing. Everything's phrased around that. Here are the choices we've made. Do your own. And there's been a lot of freedom in that, number one. And what I'm finding is other people are looking back at us going, how do you compartmentalize that? How do you keep moving forward? And I think that that's the parent hack in us. And, you know, and Linnell, a lot of like what you've taught us over the years as well is how to keep moving forward in a first this, then that, then that, in a very step-driven kind of way. And Trish and I do it in our day jobs all the time. So we've got that perspective, but a lot of people don't have that. And I think that's parent hack number one. Everybody's got drama. And if you recognize that in, in, in it and respect that, don't lose the moment of recognizing that that is authentic and you can't tell people how to feel and you have to have that moment. But there are times that you have to set that off to the side 
to be able to do what's necessary to get to next, whether it's your kid's musical jazz band, helping with math homework. That's one of my least favorites because I love math. I don't understand new math though. So that is a whole <laughs> other entity in and of itself. But that's a parent skill. I don't know if that's self-help or that qualifies. That's just getting through the motions. And from a mental health perspective, I'm probably not doing myself any favors. I'll worry about it and process everything that happened when the fire later. Because right now I have to do this because this isn't going to wait. It's weird because we've seen neighbors and you know other members of the community who are not able to do that. Or maybe one half of a couple is able to do it and what the other half is not. And it really creates a super challenging dynamic in their household because it puts the entire burden of this insane process. And it's insane. It doesn't matter whether it's a fire or a flood or an earthquake or whatever the cause of the disaster. If your house is wrecked, it's a nightmare. Or, or, or a divorce or a yeah, family exactly. is ill or like it, or it doesn't death have in the family to... or any, any of those things. Sometimes yeah, those are worse. It rocks your center really yes. like that center that is your safe spot. I think that that is really hard. And I think too, like you said, it's so hard to find that self-care, I think, because so many things don't feel as reinforcing as they did before because mm-hmm. of the stress level, you know, you get recharged every time you, you have something that you can experience and you can enjoy, but it makes you feel like when you're stuck in these moments of this constant, like hitting by one, it's just pileups, just stress pileups. And yes, it makes a good phrase. I like that. Very hard to feel like you're experiencing something good when you're in the middle because you're so frazzled, like you can't stop and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I struggle personally because I want to do all of the, like just the nature of my job. I want to do all of these things to help other people. And then I find myself you know, really stretch then because just of the dynamic that everybody's in, I personally am trying to understand, like, I'm going to have to sometimes say, I can't do something. I'm going to have to say no. And I'm going to have to deal with the fact that I'm probably going to feel like I'm letting someone down, but if I don't, I can't keep going. Like I'm going to physically make myself sick or, you know, your body will only handle so much stress. It'll finally just say you're cut off. You you're going to bed. You're, you know, you're (laughs) right. So I think like, that's the part that, you know, just having to say, like, I can't, I have to accept this. I cannot do all of this and I am going to take a break. And I've always been one of those people that the way I was raised, like you get all your responsibilities done and that's how you earn your fun time. So my mental mindset's like that. And I'm like, I'm, I have to just, I'm never going to get all of this done, right? Because that's not realistic. So I'm going to have to just set it aside and do something that I enjoy. That's so Gen Xer. That's the definition <laughs> of Gen X. Yep. You do your chores first and then you can have fun. Yeah. And I think this is literally where Gen Z might have it over on all of us. Go have fun and then do the other thing. I, I really do honestly envy people who feel that they can operate that way. I can't, I never have to not have that. Oh, she's so conscientious to have that nagging piece of my head that is like, you didn't finish this. You shouldn't be doing this right now to not have that. Well, that it ruins your fun. Doesn't it does for me? Like I'm not having fun because I'm stressed out about what I didn't get done. And I somehow I'm going to have to change that mindset because it is just not even realistic. I could probably sit in my office and work for literally 
two weeks, eight hour days, and I still would not be caught up right now. That is just the truth. So that's just where everyone is. So that's where you have to like take it on the parent hack and put it in a box and set it on the side for a minute and realize that's the constant. That's the new normal. You're never going to be caught up. Right. So if you can somehow like make that the new normal in a strange way that can help. Linnell found a terrific article. We'll make sure to get it out to you guys about a gentleman who went on a retreat for his job and it was a lot of executives and professionals, but it was also a bunch of people who were um, practically professional mindfulness practitioners and Buddhists. And they did this exercise where they had to be 100% silent for two days. They couldn't say a single solitary thing. And then once they were able to speak again, they were asked, well, what did you say in your head? And of course they weren't allowed access to electronics or anything like that. It was just them and their heads. And the overwhelming response was let it go or let it be, which, so we have kind of an Elsa versus John Lennon thing going on, which I found really humorous, but the author of the article after he returned home from the retreat did an experiment where he did a similar type of situation, but there was, there were three groups, one who was told to think about a stressful situation and then not do anything. And then the other two who either chose the Elsa or the John Lennon method. And John Lennon won by almost double the margin in terms of being more effective. Because as Linnell described, there's so much to do. You can't possibly finish it and move on that way. So you have to let it be there and figure out how to accept that state. But that's more effective than trying to let it go and follow Elsa's model, because then that puts the onus on the person. If you let it be and go the linen route, you can just accept it. And you don't have to physically like or mentally do anything, which I thought was really, really interesting. I feel like we need like team Elsa, team linen shirts. (laughs) (laughs) They can have the phrase on the back. Totally. Oh man. You know what else helps? A good dog. Dogs don't care. They just don't care. They need what they need. They want their walk. They want to be fed. They'll come sit with you on the couch. And every day is just let it be. (laughs) It's about them. And they're going to be so happy to see you. That's one thing you're if you leave the house and you come back, that truly is a very um, wonderful experience because no one besides your pet is that excited to see you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, kind of go back to the let it be one. If it, I don't know if it helps, but one thing that I um, am very aware that I teach the skill now lately, I guess, because I really need to be using the skill myself is teaching the idea of put a pen in it. Like you can stop something and walk away from it. If you put some markers down there to make you feel better, like, okay, well, I'm just going to write this note to myself. So when I come back, I can just go right back and pick it up immediately. So, you know, you're not doing that cognitive, where did I leave off? Why didn't I get this finished? What's happening? (laughs) I don't remember. Yeah. 
So the idea of just like, let's put a pin in it. And how are you going to put that pin in it so that I can go enjoy something and know I can come back and finish it later. And it is hard. It's that's so hard for me. I'd like that concept though. And the last project I was on, there was somebody that was very old school with the legal pad and the pen and writing down the task list. And I'm like, here's me with my iPad and the checklist. And like, I can literally blow through files really quick and move on to the next thing. And I'm like, that's really inefficient. And he's like, no, this is actually real. What you're doing has no realness to it. If I write it down and I cross it off, it actually happened. The other thing just disappears in the digital world. And I think that's part of the problem too, is Mm. if it's not tangible, you don't really get to feel it in the same way. It's just, it was an interesting perspective. It is. I do a lot of things electronically, but my to-do list, I do write down. I love looking at what I've crossed off even because there's no way my list is going to be done. At least I can look at the end of the day and go like, I got a lot of stuff crossed off today. I'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So in the big picture where we're, we're essentially preaching, find your moments, don't waste your moments. A moment can be good or bad, but like, don't overlook it. Don't overshoot it. If we're this stressed out of all the influences coming in around us, and we're trying to figure out ways to navigate a normal that I don't even think our parents and grandparents had to deal with, that's hard to fathom. How are our kids feeling right now? And that's something that I've tried to like pause for a minute and think about because they've got the same stresses. They're just different stresses. It's not great. I won't lie. How there's so many things that are happening that should never even cross paths with anybody who's younger than 18 years old. In my opinion, they should never even like, it shouldn't even be on their radar ever. Maybe this is their next greatest generation. I don't know. I think it is really hard because yes, I mean, they're, they're dealing with a lot of things like you ideally would want to protect them or have them not experience. Yeah. But I also think a lot of times, like we've had more experience in handling stress and handling problems. The kids aren't even finished developing those skills. Mm, So that makes it hard too, because as parents, you know, you're so stressed out. And then you're trying to help your kid navigate these things. It's kind of goes back to that oxygen mask thing. I think there really is as a parent, a good reason to do, to, to sometimes stop. And I think sometimes breaking your cycle, like it's very easy when you get really stressed out and you have all these responsibilities and your mindset is similar to the way, way you and I think Trisha is that you get into that rotation and that rotation also becomes stressful because it's going to be never ending. It's like laundry. It's always going to be there. (laughs) Yes. Um, but I think that sometimes breaking that it's like one day I came home and I came home just a couple hours early and I went outside and I spent time with my daughter and that I felt so good. We weren't even, we were out outside for an hour hanging out, but just in that moment, I really did let things go. We turned on the music, we hung out together And just that hour made such a difference in our whole evening. And I felt, I was like, this was great. Like I need to like, maybe I don't have to think I have to take a whole day off. Maybe if I can just find like an hour or something and just break up the cycle, it just, it was the one I'd had a headache for literally six days in a row. And that was the one day I did not have, I got, I was like, I don't have a headache. 
it's the little things. Music, you nailed it on the head. Music has a way of mm-hmm. taking you to a different place, a different memory. Uh, we did it the other day with the kids on the basketball court. So since the fire, we had one basketball we were sharing and they didn't want to go play, but we got them their best, their own basketballs again. And they just wanted that one-on-one hearing the rhythm of the ball bounce. And they, they played for a good half hour, which was the first time we've seen them really do that. Taking a drive, get away from it all. Like we're going to go camping in a couple of weeks and we're going to a place that phones actually won't work. And I think that that's when you can kind of really turn it all off. Read a real book. Um, not a digital one like that has its own inner peace, but you know, that's harder to find the time, but if you make it, it's healthy. Mm -hmm. These are, these are all parent hacks. And if we help reduce our, I guess my point is if we help reduce our stress level a little bit, take it from a 12 to a six, as uh, some of my friends like to say, that will also have the calming effect on the kids as well. Hopefully Mm -hmm. by example. That's true. And I, that's something that I struggle with because even though their lists are way shorter than mine, I still find myself, did you finish your list? Did you finish your list? Did you finish your list? Trisha, did you finish your list? And of course I didn't. And they may have done at least part of theirs. And that's, you know, anything that gets done is great, but I'm projecting what I'm feeling onto them and, you know, wanting them to finish their lists. And is it really custom critical? No, that's something that I need to work on because I know that even if I don't say I'm freaking out because I don't have enough time to finish this, they're going to pick up on that big time and take that to themselves, which they don't need to. It has nothing to do with them most of the time anyway. Yeah. I think that, and it takes them longer to do the things on their list. Cause they're just, it's that practice and that experience, right? If you mm-hmm. give a kid a list, it just takes them a while to get through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're just, they're in the middle of learning all of these skills and at a very, very challenging time, but hopefully maybe, maybe that's something that, cause we are, you know, I'm, I'm passing down my love of lists to my child. So I think that she, you know, hopefully is learning like, you know what, like yesterday we put a pin in the list and picked her up and we went and got ice cream. Like I I had so many other things I needed to be doing, but I just wanted that touch point. And this kind of goes on a list without a list because I think kids do need motivators. And especially now more than ever, there has to be a reward at the end of what we ask or what they need to do. Uh, We signed up for the Go Henry debit cards that we can load. They're tied to chores. Um, it's about, it's about $120 a year. If you put all the fees and the monthly fees and stuff all in, and it's the best financial lesson we can teach them because their allowance is specifically tied to tasks that they complete. They can choose to do it or not. Lo and behold, our 13 year old is unloading the dishwasher, mowing the lawn without asking, Mm -hmm. doing the things because now he can go buy the old MacBook parts he wants to buy to try to tear apart a computer and rebuild one from scratch. He's got that incentive there. And now we're teaching the list in a manner that also has the reward to go with it. Yeah, Still a little fuzzy concept to our eight-year-old, but he's starting to learn it as well. And I think those are some of the tools we can teach going forward to help reduce stress in their world. If they understand money and the correlation of it, I don't know that there's uh, too soon to teach that. The adults also need a carrot. <laughs> like we need something. <laughs> we just do like, and I think yeah. that maybe just sitting down and thinking like, what would make me 
feel good? Like, what can I put into my day instead of saying I have all of these responsibilities? I don't deserve a carrot. How do we do that? Yeah, I don't have that answer. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need it. (laughs) Yeah. So it's okay to not be okay. Like, we don't know. We don't know. Like, but I think by having the conversation and talking about it, everybody can realize on one level or another, we're in it. You just try to get better every day. Every sunrise is a new opportunity. Every sunset is a new way to just take a breath. And you try to live that moment. Is that self-care? I don't know. It's just what is. I think anytime that you do something that makes you feel good, that's self-care. You're getting something back out of it. Yeah. Well, one of the big enjoyments in uh, our world, Linnell, is doing these podcasts with you. And it's a way to stay connected. So we thank you for taking the time. And we always enjoy it. Definitely. We'll keep, we'll keep posting. We've got some tips and tricks, but so far try to keep in your own peace, pull people into it. Try not to get caught in storms. (laughs) Let it go or let it be. Yes, definitely. (laughs) And if you don't have a dog, you should try it. It really doesn't suck. (laughs) Unless it's a puppy. That's a lot of work, but it's still worth it. Enjoy. Hang in there, everybody, seriously. And we'll see you next time.